Hello and welcome to Tech Weekly, a podcast by City AM, where we go through some of the most important news in tech, crypto, fintech and beyond. I'm Nassim Dasova, here with City AM reporters Lily Russell-Jones and Charlie Conchi. We've got a shorter episode this week. Later, Charlie will go over the $30 million funding injection for payment startup Superpayments, and will take us through online pension provider PensionBee's move onto London's top market. But first, Lily will give us the latest from the crypto world. Lily, what's been happening this week then? So the retail trading platform Robinhood is expanding into the UK and has agreed to buy Zigloo, which is a UK-based crypto startup, which runs a mobile banking app and a trading platform. We don't know how much Robinhood paid for the firm, but it was valued at 85 million in November last year when it raised 7 million in a funding round. The deal marks Robinhood's second attempt at entering the UK market. An insider from Robinhood told me that Zigloo could essentially become the firm's UK arm if the deal gets approval from the FCA. So they're still a bit tentative about whether that's going to get full approval and go ahead. But Robinhood last tried to enter the UK in 2020, but abandoned the plans and said it would focus more on its core business in the US instead. So it seems like it's finally ready for international expansion to start. Mm. And so what can UK customers expect from uh, its expansion to the UK then? So Robinhood is a retail trading platform, which was made famous by the GameStop incident in 2020. (laughs) Um, It removes fees to allow non-professional traders to invest in stocks and shares. It got really big during the pandemic through the GameStop instance, which showcased the ability of retail traders to become market players, but also because people were bored at home. They've been trading a lot more. Crypto has been a really key growth area for the platform. So looking at the final results from the last quarter of 2021, monthly active users topped 17 million, up from 11 million in 2020. And crypto revenues have jumped 304% year on year to 48 million in the final quarter. And they made 419 million in total across the year up from just 27 million in 2020. So a real kind of area of explosive growth for them. Um, in its like latest earning presentation, the firm said it plans to launch a crypto wallet for users in the first quarter of the year and aggressively expand its crypto offering internationally. So this is very much a sign that Robinhood is doubling down on its support for crypto by snapping up a digital asset startup in the UK. So as we've seen sort of ministers throwing their weight behind the kind of crypto ecosystem, is this a bit of a vote of confidence that such a big US firm is kind of snapping up a UK crypto startup? Yeah, I'd say so. I think we've had some real mixed messages around crypto from regulators versus sort of certain members of the government. So we've repeatedly heard from regulators that crypto is a financial stability risk and firms have been finding it very difficult to get regulatory approval from the FCA for anti-money laundering purposes. I think the overwhelming majority of firms which have tried to enter the UK market and get approval from the FCA have failed to do so. Just 33 out of 100 firms have managed it. However, we did hear earlier this month that Rishi Sunak wants to turn the UK into a global hub for digital assets. There are plans to integrate stable coins into the UK's um, financial payment system. So I think this does show that firms are starting to take that messaging on board and see the UK as somewhere that they're comfortable launching crypto services and taking that risk potentially. Uh, And why is Robinhood pick Zigloo then? So I think a major attraction of Zigloo could be the fact that it's FCA regulated. So as I said, like we've hardly seen any firm secure regulatory approval from the FCA who deal with crypto assets. Some of the UK's largest digital asset providers, including Revolut, 
and blockchain.com and copper which is a digital asset custodian advised by the former chancellor philip hammond they've all been stuck on the fca's temporary register and were unable to get approval ahead of a key deadline and that means that a lot of firms have had to seek regulation elsewhere in europe to operate in the uk and they've gone offshore but we've seen this mini wave of mergers and acquisitions in the crypto space over the last few months where large firms are snapping up this handful of sort of 33 firms which have received FCA regulation. So in February, the crypto exchange Bitpanda picked up Trustology, which is FCA regulated. And then a month later, Binance announced a partnership with Equinex, which in turn owns Digivolt, which is a crypto asset custody platform, again, registered by the FCA's money laundering regime. And then this could be seen as a continuation of that trend. The FCA has said though about all of these acquisitions that they're not able to actually assess whether the firms which take over FCA approved firms or firms which are on their list would actually receive FCA approval themselves. So it's not a done deal, so to speak. And they've sort of, especially when Binance actually took over Equinox, they raised concerns and said, look, we're not sure that this firm would meet all of our regulatory requirements, which is why it's not regulated here. But it's we're still not able to stop it from picking up a, a UK registered firm. So that's that's been quite an interesting sort of development, and we'll have to see where that goes. <laughs> and so, is there anything to stop unregulated firms from taking over an FCA approved crypto company? So interestingly, the FCA has said that it did not have the powers to stop such a takeover from happening um, and it doesn't have the powers to assess the fitness and propriety of new owners of regulated crypto firms before a change in control takes place. What they have said, though, is that they can take steps to suspend or cancel the registration of a crypto asset business once it's been taken over by one of these firms if it's not satisfied that the new beneficial owner is, is fit and proper. So we could see the FCA launching some sort of assessment into these companies and cancelling the registration of certain crypto firms as a result. That hasn't happened so Mm. far. So Charlie, what's been going on in fintech? Looks like there's been some news from payments startup Superpayments. So an interesting couple of uh, sort of big headlines in the world of London and UK fintech this week. Um, So the founder of Funding Circle, which is one of London's sort of big you know, stalwarts of the fintech sector and one of the biggest firms and original firms to have listed has reportedly bagged $30 million worth of backing for a new payment startup, mm. um, which is going to aim to sort of snap up market share from giants like Visa and MasterCard. Um, the sort of details of the firm are still relatively mysterious and unknown at this stage, um, but he's got sort of cash backing from a number of big venture capital firms, um, including one of Facebook's early investors, Excel Partners. Mm. Um, local Globe and Union Square Ventures have also backed the round. Um, and I think it's worth bearing in mind this is a pre-revenue startup and the round has valued it at over $60 million already. So there clearly is some potential that they have seen there. And those that have slightly more details than us at this stage do see some potential in the firm. Interestingly, Samir Desai, the founder of Funding Circle, hasn't sort of severed his ties with the lender. Bosses there have given him their blessing to go and pursue this this new venture while he does does still sort of sit on the board as a non-executive director. Mm. Um, So it will be interesting, I think, to see over the next few months where that firm really does sort of um, start to emerge from the shadows and we do get a few more details there of what that will look like and whether it really will start snapping up market share from, from those giants. And there's been some other news from Pension B as well. 
Yes, yeah, so a nice positive fintech story to end the week um, with Pension B announcing its shift onto London's top market. So it listed on the high growth segment of the market last year and announced its intention last week and actually shifted on, rang the bell to open the market yesterday and had its debut on that main market yesterday. So I think what was interesting was we spoke to the boss and founder, Romy Savova, who founded the firm in 2014, and she was quite quick to call for reform and, and sort of a few measures that government can push through to make it a bit more of a friendly process and make it a bit more of a sort of nice environment for tech firms like uh, Pension B to grow on the capital markets. Um, and interestingly, she's been quite a big part of government sort of push to boost the international profile of London as a destination to list tech firms. So interesting to see that on that first day, she was quite punchy in her calls for reform. What were the specifics of the calls then? So tax rules were one of the key elements, which we've heard from a few different fintech founders and various industry figures now. There are reports that ministers are sort of kind of mulling over tax treatments that would mirror something similar to the enterprise investment scheme, which has caused a real surge in investment into private firms um, and would essentially allow investors to claim back on investments onto publicly listed companies. So it'd be a, a means of sort of incentivizing investors to take a slightly more bullshy view on investing in longer term growth tech opportunities. Mm. And um, how has Pension B fared as a publicly listed tech firm? So it's been a, a mixed bag, I'd say, on the uh, on its year as a listed firm. It was Pension B was kind of wheeled out to a number of big name fintech firms earlier in the year as a sort of British success story. But as we've seen with quite a few different Tech firms that floated in London the past year has sort of seen its actual share price slide. It was trading at 16% below its IPO value just the day before it moved on to the main market. So it's been a mixed bag. But Romy, when I spoke to her yesterday, was quite sort of bullish looking ahead and said this is a, a natural factor of a public firm's life cycle um, and sort of, you know, doubled down on the fact that this was the place they wanted to be. And in the long run, she seemed confident that the share price would come to mirror the underlying operations of the business. So I think interesting to see that, yeah, like many other tech firms that have listed in London, um, it hasn't exactly been a smooth ride throughout. Brilliant. That's all we have for this week. Thanks to Lily and Charlie, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.